Welcome to Real Faith. You're listening to Faith FM. I'm your host, Robbie Morgan, and this is my lovely co-host, Katie. Good afternoon. Who also happens to be my wife. That's why she's so lovely. Uh, Thank you. Or maybe, Thank you. maybe that's why she's my wife. Anyway, how are you going today, Katie? I'm fantastic today. I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing awesome. I'm super psyched to be back on the radio show. I'm super excited to be out of the house. What a great privilege it is to have a reason to get outside. So, so stoked on life. How about yourself? Tell us a bit more about why you're doing so well. Why am I so well? You know, I was really excited to come into the studio to record today because we have a friend that will be joining us a little bit later. So I'm excited. You're going to hear from her a little bit later in our testimony segment. So I was just excited to be able to see a friend, catch up with her. It's such a blessing at this time with, um, I guess, not seeing people so much with the COVID, but... Um, It's been such an adjustment, mm, hasn't it? Just just the missing of social interactions. And while that might be necessary and helpful for health, it's actually in some ways a challenge, isn't it? Because we, Mm. I was just chatting to a friend this week and discussing how just incredibly important our social interactions are. Even the little things. Did you know that statistically that the social interactions that we have, so that could be one, the the two to three close friends that you could call at two o'clock in the morning, and also the social interactions you have just day to day with people like the grocery store Mm. or at the post office or something else. Those things alone have a bigger impact on your health than even quitting smoking. Wow, really? So social interaction is huge. So it's awesome that you've been able to do that. Yeah, it's been fantastic. It's so great. we've. I've just got a question for you, Katie, because we're new to the radio. Yes. I wanted to ask, what are, well, just tell us a little bit more about yourself. What do you like to do in your spare time? A little bit about me. Um what do I like to do in my spare time? I love to be outside, so. That was a win for me, by the way. <laughs> Extra points there. And I love being with people. So if I can combine them in any way, I love to be outdoors, at the beach, going hiking, bushwalking, any of those things with people. But more recently, I've come to really love gardening and in particular, veggie gardening. All right. So that's been, that's been what's filling my time at the moment. It's very cool. I, I love uh, it. I'm not very good at gifts here, but I, I picked her up a gift on, for her birthday recently, and I, I picked up on this gardening thing, and I even even bought her a lemon tree. So keep that in the mind, fellas. You got you to gotta go where things are going to be a blessing. So today, on today's show, we're going to have an awesome time. We've got our friend Maddie who's coming in, and she's very important to us. She's actually from our church plant. We are doing church planting in our life, and if that doesn't mean anything to you, that means we're starting a church, and we're doing that at a place called Caves Beach down in Lake Macquarie. On today's show, we've got Maddie, who's one of our church members, our actual first baptism from our church plant, and she'll be coming on air. And after that, we're going to be looking into a story of another encounter that Jesus had with a woman at a well, and this comes from John chapter 4, and we'll be experiencing a little bit about her experience with Jesus, her first encounter. This is Casting Crowns, Beulah Land. I 
I'm kind of homesick for a country where I've never been before. No sad goodbyes will there be spoken. For time won't matter anymore. Beulah land, I'm longing for you. And someday on the I'll stand where my Casting Crowns in Beulah Land. Welcome back to Faith FM, and you're listening to Real Faith with Robbie and Katie. And we've now come to that segment of our show where we're going to be talking about what a weird and wonderful world that we live in. That's right. What a wonderful and weird world that we live in. Last week, we got to discuss the the beauty of bioluminescence. Well done. Well said. Well said. 
Didn't stumble over it this week. <laughs> That's a win. Um, but this week, we're going to look at something a little bit different because I'm not going to look at something from nature. I'm going to look at something that's wonderful and weird about you and I. And to be honest, I think... That wasn't just you and me, right? That's like every person, yes, right? Yes, like, humanity. Okay, humanity. Good. Every person. So <laughs> thought this was going to get a little not personal. Not just us, but everyone listening as well. We're going to look at something that I think, if we didn't have this as a part of our lives and a part of our makeup, I think our lives would be way less wonderful. So what are we looking at? I'm going to share with you about something that is on average about eight centimeters long on average per person. And contrary to popular thought, it is not the strongest muscle of the body. Yes, the tongue. The tongue. The tongue and taste buds. <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. How, how much worse would life be? Like, just imagine trying to eat a salad without a tongue. Just the leaves would fall right back out on the plate. And not only a tongue, but can you imagine not having the enjoyment of the taste that food has. So imagine eating and we didn't actually get to enjoy the flavors that we get to taste. I, I just think life would be way less wonderful without those um, privileges. Anyway, so I want to tell share, us more about the tongue. Yes, I'm going to tell you um, something more about the tongue. But before I do, I want to ask you a question, Robbie, because this okay. is going to lead into the first fact. Has there been something from your childhood that you just loathed the taste of, that you just couldn't lima bear? Lima beans. I lima hate lima Hate. There is not a stronger word that could be used, and there is not a better word that could be used. I hate, hate, hate lima beans. How do you feel about them now, though? I hate, hate, hate okay, lima I'm, beans. Okay, I'm wanting a different example. <laughs> We're wanting a different example. You jumped in too, too soon. Something that you hated as a child, but you like now. Oh, oh, sorry. Well, now I'm all caught up thinking about how much I loathe lima beans. Uh, what, let's see. Something that I used to not like that I like. Uh, broccoli. I broccoli, yeah. I didn't like that so much as a kid, but I absolutely adore it now. Love mm, broccoli. Broccoli delicious. Especially cooked. I prefer it cooked for sure. Yeah. I was never a fan of salads. I just didn't really like what? them. I have vivid memories as a child. And yet you want a garden salad now. I know. I, I'm gardening it How myself. things change? I have vivid memories of sneaking my salad into the bathroom, I would make an excuse to go to the toilet and somehow take some of the salad how, with how me in the and world flush did you it go down the toilet. To the toilet without being caught. That's that's what I wanted. I know. I, it was when I was it was when I was quite young, so I think my my mum thought it was cute or something. Anyway, but I think there's a good reason for this um, that we develop. I guess you could say we develop our taste as we get older. Mm. But so, an interesting fact is. The average adult has between 2,000 and 4,000 taste buds. But did you know wow, that's a lot. that children have on average 10,000? So we often think... So that's like two to five times more. That's right. And so we often think our taste <laughs> develops as we get older, but it's almost like it doesn't. It kind Hang of on a second. So, so let me get this straight. Adults have approximately two to 4,000. So not that many taste buds. Kids have... About 10,000. So you're telling me that when kids, like perhaps the reason that kids don't like so many foods is because they can taste things that we just can't taste That's anymore. exactly right. They're more sensitive to the flavors that food has. So wow. there's an interesting fact for you about that is super your taste buds. And not only that, did you know that your taste buds don't only reside on your tongue? What? But they're also... Where? They go down towards the back of your throat on your epiglottis. And your no esophagus as the, the dangly bit of cartilage at the back of your throat. Okay. You learn something every day. But not only that, you actually have 
um, form of taste buds in your nose and in your sinus. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You're serious. So not only on your tongue, but it expands past that. So is that like when like you can you can taste what you're smelling, or is that like if I stuck food in my nose, I could actually taste like the carrot? Look, I haven't tried that myself, but I think oh, well. it's referring to the former. <laughs> I'm glad that you haven't. Let's be honest. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And um, yeah, so pretty cool stuff. Um, some other facts that you might think is interesting as well. Um, so as I shared, um, the tongue is not the strongest muscle of the body. Okay. Are and you going to tell us what the strongest muscle is? I am not going to tell you that. Maybe we'll have to share that on another episode of weird and wonderful things in this world. But the reason why it isn't is because the tongue is not a single muscle. It's actually made up of eight muscles. Ah, um, so the muscles okay, divided okay. into two groups and each of, and those two parts have four muscles in each of it. Are they the strongest muscle when they're combined together? Does that make sense? Yeah, well, maybe like, I'm talking nonsense. Maybe, but either way, uh, you know, it's it's not the strongest muscle, even though um, many of us have been raised to think that. So, interesting things. Now, before we wrap up, um, something when I was researching this, I was reminded of a passage in scripture, um, and it's in Proverbs 14, verse four, and it says, "The soothing tongue is a tree of life." But a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. And how true it is that our mouth can be such a blessing and speak positivity, but yet our words can also bring negativity. So Mm. I want to encourage you to, um, while you're eating food and while you're enjoying it, um, be thankful for the blessing that your taste buds are. But let's also use our mouths to be a blessing and to bring positivity to those around us. Christ the mighty maker died. 
That was Sovereign Grace Music with Alas and Did My Savior Bleed. Welcome back to Real Faith on Faith FM Radio. And we've now come to that portion of our show where we're going to testify. And we are going to hear a real-life story from present day today, Encounters with Jesus. So I want to just invite, or just welcome, sorry, Maddie to the show. Say hi, Maddie. Hello, everyone. I'm Madeline, and well, everyone calls me Maddie, all my friends do. Well, we're so glad that you're here, Maddie. So how old are you, Maddie, and where are you from? I am 19, and I am from Newcastle. Newcastle region, awesome. And just for those that are just tuning in, so Maddie is actually someone who has just recently come to faith in Jesus, and she has actually been a part of our our, our church plant that I'm, I'm the leader of, Coast Life Adventist Church, and we're so pleased to hear a bit of your story today. So what I'd like to start with, Maddie, is just the question, what was life like before you encountered Jesus? Give us a little bit of backstory on who was Maddie before Jesus. Maddie before Jesus was addicted to drugs. She done a very bad drug. She was addicted to smoking. She didn't really have a lot of good friends. She surrounded herself with negative friends. Um, she was very depressed without even knowing it. She kind of just locked herself in a bedroom and just tried to numb herself any way possible. Mm. She did not like to be very social, but she would show very social behavior. Yeah. Um, she wasn't very happy. 
Yeah. She was very sad, really didn't have a connection with her friends and family or mum and dad. Um, just kind of locked herself away from everyone. Yeah, that's an experience that a lot of people can relate to. Hey. Yes. You know, when we experience trauma or we experience challenge in life, we often try to find some form of escape or something to, to numb that pain, like you said. So that was what life was like before. Mm-hmm. And let's see. Well, you're 19 now. You became a member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. You got baptized. You gave your heart to Jesus Christ last year. So you were, were you 19 when you were baptized? No, I was 18. 18. So tell us a bit about how you first came into contact with Jesus. I had my church family from Coast Life. I had a member from that church come and knock on my door. And just randomly out of nowhere, he asked if I wanted to do Bible studies or if I wanted to study more about the Bible. And I've had um, Christian in my life most of my life. So when he came and knocked on that door, I ended up saying yes, and I got baptized, and then I kind of just started coming out of my shell. I became a lot more happier. I started to smile more, and I started to realize that I can only survive around community and be a lot happier around community because when you don't have community, you do not feel happy. You feel lonely. You feel sad. You just you distance yourself and you try and numb yourself from everyone, and it's very hard to do it alone. So something I've loved to do now is something I'm struggling with actually still, but something I'm learning is to get out with my church family, to get out with people, because once you get outside, you become extremely happy. You start to realize that you have this beautiful nature, beautiful world that you can come into and that God is surrounding you with the most beautiful things. And Isn't that awesome? He just makes you extremely happy. That's so cool. Yeah, it's so it's so neat. Like what you're saying is so true, and it actually relates a little bit to what Katie shared about the tongue before. It's not just one muscle, right? Mm-hmm. And the church, the family of God, is a community of faith, and it's a community that's made up of people like you, like me, like others, who are coming together. And none of us are perfect. Yep, we're all broken people, but we've met a Savior who has transformed the way we see ourselves, who has met us with grace in our yep. brokenness. Isn't that really neat? So you decided. You, so you did some Bible studies. You started coming to the church around winter last year. And I remember when you first started coming to a, a small group Bible study at our house. And we had church in a house at the time. And yep. you were coming to church at the house. And you did those Bible studies. You came to church. You became involved in the community, became a, an important part of our community. Mm-hmm. And you decided after you were baptized that you wanted to learn more about how to share your faith. So what did you do then? I had one of my favorite friends... Tell me about Arise. And what's Arise? Oh, for, for those that aren't aware, Arise is a Bible discipleship training school. Yes. It runs for about three and a half months. So you went to Arise. Um, and I got to learn more about God. I got to learn more about friendships. I got to make amazing friends up there. I got to meet the most amazing people that were surrounded by God. And it was one of the best experiences that I had. But because of COVID-19, it kind of got cut short. And it made all of us very sad, but we got a bigger blessing out of it. So what was that blessing? Well, I got to come back to my church family. I got to be extremely happy and get to help them. And then also this little group called The Remnants, um, they got to do their own little part there as well. 
and be like extremely happy and just they got to make a website and it was just amazing to see everyone just turn and just like become closer to Jesus. That's so cool. So the people, so you were basically because of the current situation, you had to go home and on that journey, you're trying to figure out how to make sense of what to do from now. And you've had some friends who've been able to come out of that and still utilize this time to share their faith. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. All right, welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to Real Faith, and we're just chatting with Maddie Murray about her encounter that she has had with Jesus and just the continuing journey that she's going on. So we just discovered that you've been baptized last year, you gave your heart to Jesus, and now you're back from this discipleship program that was ended early. You've got some friends who have been using that time to start witnessing in their own space. Yes. And... um, just to bring this into a bit of a wrap up, so we're now coming in. What's, what would you say to those who are listening about why they should consider giving Jesus a try? Guys, if you feel broken, hurt, or heartbroken, and there's nothing that can fill your heart, open a Bible, start reading a verse. You might not understand it when you first read it. But once you start to read it properly and you pray for the Holy Spirit to be with you, he will start sending you messages and you will start to understand what he's trying to teach you in those Bible lessons. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing some of your story with us, Maddie. It's been such a blessing to hear from you. And it's always a blessing to just hear tangible experiences about how God is working in people's lives. So from going from this place of addiction and depression, you're, you've been transformed in this journey. And it doesn't mean the journey's over. It doesn't mean there's no challenges on the way. But where you were and where you are and where you're heading are not the same places. Exactly. And isn't it amazing? Just praise God for that. Hey, we're so delighted to have you as a part of our church family, Maddie. And we're so glad that we could have you on, on air today to share your journey and your story to encourage others out there. So we're going to swap gears here. We're going to change gears and get into our Bible study. And we're now going to shift into another of my favorite stories. And this time, instead of talking about a man with demons possession as his issue, we're now going to be switching gears to talk about a woman who encountered Jesus at a well in Palestine. And to find that story, we're going to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 4. John, chapter 4, and we're reading about a woman who was a Samaritan or Syrophoenician woman who encountered Jesus at the well. So, have we got the the little excuse me are you ready to go katie i'm here i'm i'm on and i'm ready Keen. all right so we'll i get love you. this story oh excellent Just as a side note before we start i was really excited when i heard john chapter four was gonna be on the cards this afternoon because yeah i just love this story excellent. so keen super exciting so we're gonna start and i'll get you to read for us just start reading at chapter four verse one and i'll just jump in when we'll take a break to start discussing okay Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples did, he left Judea and departed to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. All right, let's pause there for a moment. So for those that may or may not know, there was a bit of a rift between the Samaritans and the Jews, wasn't there? Yes, yes. So what was that rift? Well, I would love to hear from you, Robbie, but from what I understand, um, (laughs) from what I understand, 
um, if you look through the history of the Old Testament, we, we see that there's a, a break between Israel and 10 of the tribes end up forming Israel and then there's another two that make up Judah. That's right. And they, for various reasons that mm. we might get into a bit later, they had a split, right? Yes. And so there was animosity between these two groups. So yeah. if I was a Jew and you were a Samaritan, would we have anything to do with each oh, other? Oh, no. We wouldn't, particularly the the Jews would not want to have any association with the Samaritans. In fact, they would you know, want to walk away from them, around them. They would not choose to go through Samaria. That's, that's for sure. Okay, so this, this just raises a huge point. It says here that Jesus did not just happen to go through Samaria. What does it say? He needed. He needed to go through Samaria. And this begs a question, why? Why, question. Jesus, did you need, need, need specifically to go through Samaria? Because he's the one who's in charge, by mm. the way. He's the guy who's calling the shots in the crew. So everybody else is probably going, we don't want to go through this way. Where are we going? And it's quite interesting. When you look at this on a map, Samaria is literally right between Judea and Galilee. But back then, the Jews would intentionally choose to go around. Uh, around. That's right. That's right. They would go out to the east and then back in around Samaria so they could completely sidestep it. And I want you to just keep that thought in your mind. The, the Bible says that Jesus needed, needed to go through Samaria. And that's going to become, I think, a very crucial point as we continue in this story. So let's keep reading. Okay, so verse 5. So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sakar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. All right, so it comes out right here. So the actual context of the story is being explained. So here's Jesus. He's walking with his disciples. He decides, let's go through Samaria, the place where the people that my people don't want to have anything to do with are. A place where most people wouldn't go. Let's go through that place. And then he sits down, apparently wearied by the journey, and he sits down by this well near the city, and his disciples go to get food because he says he's hungry, and this woman shows up. Bizarre. Right? Yeah. Okay, now, what, what, do you know what the sixth hour means? That's a bit of an interesting thing. Yeah, I, from my understanding, um, the well, I guess back then we didn't have watches and clocks that we have today. So the way we would, they would keep time was by sunrise and sunset. And so the first hour was always around sunrise. That's so right. So about 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Yeah. That's right. So the sixth hour would be 6 a.m. plus six hours or roughly noon. Now, middle of the day. That's exactly right. So here's a question. What's the climate like in the Middle East? Is it dry? Is it hot? Is it cold? Is it wet? Oh, it is dry and it is hot. All right. So it's a desert. Okay. Yes. Now, for those that aren't aware, I used to live in Las Vegas for a time. The middle of the desert. And let me tell you something. 12 o'clock in the middle of the day in the desert is not a nice time to be outside. It was always the time of day. My mom would make sure I wore sunscreen if I was outside. That's or right. Or you had a hat on your head or something. <laughs> Slip, slap, slop, right? That's right. <laughs> so this is very interesting, and we're starting to see some clues that are going to become very important in this story. Why in the world would a woman be walking by herself yes. in the middle of this context where it was not appropriate or safe for a woman to be walking alone 
outside the gates of the city to a place to get water. Now, if you know anything about the context here, if you're going to go and carry water, big jars of water on your head or on your shoulder, when would you do that, Katie? What time of day? I would choose morning, early morning. Right. When the sun's still getting up, it's cool. You of can, course. There's light. That's and right. And the heat's not there. That's right. Or late in the afternoon, yes, right? that's right. You skip the heat of the day. Yeah. If, you know, I used to, well, I mean, I'm telling too many stories about myself. When I lived in the islands, I've lived in a few places. You'll find out more about that, I'm sure, sometime, is there, there was a thing where we would work in the morning. You'd get to the afternoon and everybody would just kind of knock off and we're not going to do work now. It's just, it's time to eat, relax, sit in the shade until the day cools off. Mm. And the same thing's going on here. So this woman is doing something very strange, Bizarre. very peculiar. And she comes and she gets to the well and then Jesus says to her, give me a drink. Now, that's a very strange thing to happen. You might think, well, why is that weird? I was going to say, why? Yeah, wouldn't you be thirsty, Robbie? Of course I'd be thirsty. But the reason it's weird is because Jesus is speaking in public to a woman, and that was a a taboo Mm. thing in that culture and at that time. Not only was he speaking to a woman, which was culturally inappropriate in a public place, he was speaking to a Samaritan Samaritan woman woman. as a Jew. Mm. So he's crossing some serious cultural Mm-hmm. and religious barriers right now that his culture would not be approving of. Yeah. And he says to the woman, give me a drink. And she picks up on this straight away because what does she respond That's with? true. She points out, she says, why are you a Jew asking me, a Samaritan and a woman, she emphasizes as well, why are you, why are you asking? She's like, whoa, bro, who are you and why are you talking yeah. to me? Like, mm-hmm. what's going on here? And this kind of sets the stage for, for a lot of questions that need to be answered. Well, what is going on here? Why is Jesus talking to this woman? Why did Jesus say he needed to go through Samaria? Great question. So let's keep reading and let's see what we discover. So we're picking up in verse 10 and we're going to see what Jesus' response is. It says, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Okay, Jesus, uh, you're weird, right? (laughs) Hey, uh, give me a drink. Uh, Why are you talking to me? It's culturally inappropriate for you to be talking to me. This is a bit out of the ordinary. Hey, bro, like lady, here's here's what's going on. If you talk to me right now, if you knew who I was, you'd ask me for water. And she's like, dude. Who are you? (laughs) Who are you? And what's this living water you're talking about? So like... Like, how would you respond to that? This is such a strange interaction. I think sometimes, we should see how she responds. That's right. Sometimes when we read the Bible, sometimes, particularly those of us who have perhaps grown up in a Christian context, we look at these kinds of stories and we think about them as if they're normal. Mm. But this is so out of the normal. Yes. If if somebody, if I came to you, Katie, at the house and said, hey, hey, could you please give me a drink of water? And you were like, if you knew who you were talking to, you'd have asked me yeah. to give you water and... Uh, Da, da, da. Like, like it would just be such a strange be interaction, bizarre, that's right? That's for sure. Yeah. Not what you're expecting. So let's. So how does she respond? Let's read. So verse eleven. The woman said to him, "Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water?" I, I just love the way she's saying this. It's almost like you're not making sense. Anyway, she continues. <laughs> Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Yeah, what a response, right? She's like, uh, who are you, dude? <laughs> like, what, what, you don't even have a bucket. How are you yeah. going to give me water? What are you talking about? You sound like a crazy person. Yeah, and, and she makes reference, like, who, do you think you're greater than some of our forefathers? Like, who are you claiming to be if you're 
um, if you're, you're claiming you have someone and you've got something to offer. So Now, this is amazing. I want to take a moment and highlight something that is super profound in this little passage. She says, hey, you've got nothing to draw with, Jesus. Well, she doesn't know his name at this point, but sir, mm. you got nothing to, to get any water out with. How are you going to meet my needs? Yeah. And then she says, almost tongue in cheek, are you greater than our father, our ancestor Jacob, mm. who made the well? Yeah. What a challenge. What she doesn't realize is yes, that she's is. talking to the God of her father, Jacob, right mm. now. That's powerful. And when Jesus says this, he says, hey, if you knew the gift of God, if you understood what, what you really needed, not just the drinking of water that you need from day to day to survive. I'm, I'm talking about the real existential need that you have as a human being mm. to deal with the issues of life, the questions of death and purpose and identity. If you knew the gift of God and who was talking to you right now, you'd have asked me for a drink mm. because I could give you some living water, a water that doesn't run out. I love this because Jesus is using a, a practical life example. They're talking, they're, they're there for the purpose of getting water, but he's using this as an opportunity to go deeper. That's right. And we're going to, I guess, unpack that as the story continues. And that's something like, as a person who's involved in ministry, and I'm sure that some of you listening are involved in ministry, if that's you, just notice the technique that he's using here. He's not going straight out and saying everything. He's drawing her in, isn't he? Mm. He's just like, he's throwing a curveball. He's caught her attention. She's it, like, what are you on about? And he's seizing the opportunity that he has. That's right. You know, he may not ever get this opportunity to talk with this person again, and he's using this opportunity. And isn't that true of everything in our lives? Whether you're involved in personal ministry or not, every moment that you live is a unique moment that can never be taken back. That's right. You have opportunities in front of you each and every day to be the change that you want to see in the world. It can be opportunities gained or opportunities lost. And Jesus mm. is capitalizing on that. Absolutely. All right, let's keep reading. Okay, so uh, verse 13, it says, Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. All right, let's pause there. So check this out. He says to her, hey, you don't get it. Yeah. You've got needs and you're trying to fill them. But guess what? Every time you fill the need in the way that you're filling you're still it, thirsty. you're still thirsty again. But I've got something to give to you that won't ever run out. The water that I'm talking about, it's not literal water. He says the water that I'm talking about is going to bubble up inside of you and give you life eternal. It's going to give you purpose and meaning. And in fact, it's going to give you life forever. And this is such a profound thing. And she doesn't even get it. She says, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Mm. And she brings this back to the purpose that she wants, which is to not have to come to this well. And we're going to pick that up again in a moment. This is all sons and daughters. You will remain.
You're listening to Faith FM. This is Real Faith with Robbie and Katie. Welcome back. Now, we just had a question come up on my screen here that says, does Jesus eventually get a drink? Great question. And it is a great question. Now, we're not going to answer that straight away because I think we're going to find later in the story that the question will be answered for us. But if you have some questions that you would like to know about this or even other Bible topics, please go ahead and text or call in. Now, Katie's going to give us the details. How do we do that? Yeah, if you have a question you want to call in with, you can contact us on one 800 Faith FM. That's one eight hundred Faith FM, or you can text us, which is on oh four nine one zero six four six six nine, or alternatively, jump onto Facebook and look up Faith FM Australia, and you can message us straight on there. That's awesome. We want to hear those questions. That's it. That's it. We've got time designated to answer some questions at the end of the show, and we'd love to get some feedback. So feel free to contact us. So we're following in. We're catching back into the That's story. Right. We've just finished off. Where there's there's a woman in some, this Samaritan town mm. who's met Jesus at the well. Jesus has asked her for a drink. They're having an interaction. It's a strange interaction. And he explains that, look, I've got something that you don't understand. I've got water that will fill a, a, a void in your life that you don't even know that you've got. And she says, sir, give me this water. Yeah, Please, give it to me. Give I want me it. this water. So that I may not have to thirst anymore. And then she says something very interesting. She says, nor come here to draw. Yeah. Now that's an interesting thing. And we're Why gonna, is it interesting? Well, we're going to find out in a moment. But let's think about this for a second. Why, would, why was this woman coming in the middle of the day? That's true. That's, uh, number one. She's coming on her own. Okay, so let's ask you a question. If you were living in a wilderness town and it was dangerous and there were thieves and robbers widely known to be on the road and you had to travel by yourself out of town to get water or to go in a group, which option would you choose? Oh, I would go in a group. 100%, right? Like girls even go to the bathroom together. Let's be honest. Yes, we do. (laughs) You would not feel safe to go because it literally was not safe. Yeah. So this begs a question, why in the world is this woman coming alone to get water? And in the middle of the day. And in the heat of the day, doing the hardest work at the hardest time, yeah. right? What would I think cause a woman this. to do that? Mm-hmm. And so she says this thing to him. She says, oh, I, I want this water, but she doesn't understand that Jesus is not talking about literal water. He's yeah. talking about salvation. Yeah. He's talking about what he alone can give, the gift of eternal life. And remember that eternal life is not just in the hereafter. Mm. 
This is something that begins now. now. It begins with transformation that happens through the Holy Spirit working in our lives to redeem us from what we have been, to be experiencing forgiveness and grace and to be walking into a new life where we're walking away from mm. addiction, walking away from bondage, walking victory. into victory and freedom in Christ. And this is what he's offering, and she just doesn't get it. She thinks it's about the water. Mm. So let's keep reading and find out why is water such a big deal to her? So we're picking up in John chapter 4 and verse 16, and this is a very interesting question that Jesus asks. I can't wait to unpack this with you, Robbie. Jesus said to her, go call your husband what? and come here. What? Where did that question come from? What a weird question. Yeah. Hey, I've got water that you don't know about. Please give me some water. Hey, go call your husband. It's really random. It's it is a bit strange. Let's keep reading. Okay. Verse 17, the woman said to him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. <laughs> right. So, he, yeah, he's catching. He knows it all. Verse 20. Our father worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where you one ought to worship. All right. Just think about this for a moment. Have you ever had a friend who's that one friend who when when you get into a conversation they're the one who doesn't skirt around diplomatically and and they just kind of just go for the jugular i've got a friend i'm thinking of them right now who does that <laughs> maybe don't say it because they I might won't. be listening <laughs> we've all got that friend right and yeah. if you don't have that friend it's you're probably that friend and you just don't know it That's i've right. got a friend that i love very much his name's boris and he's just he's a boss i love this guy one thing that I love about Boris is he, he just reads between the lines and he can always cut through my nonsense to get to the heart of the issue I'm yeah. trying to dance around that needs to be addressed. We often don't like it, but it's often the very thing we need. I know. It's so true. It's so true. And Jesus is doing that very thing. Yeah. He says, all right, you want to know about the water? Awesome. So I'm I've got your you. interest. Hey, go call your husband. Mm. Now, why would you ask that? Well, it seems to me that in that culture and that custom, that might have been a, a normal kind of thing to say, right? It's more sure. appropriate to talk when you're in that situation. But I have an inkling that Jesus knows more about this situation, right? Because how does he respond when she says, hey, I don't, I don't have a husband? Yeah, he reveals that you, you're right. You've actually had five. Can you imagine that? All right. So just put yourself in her shoes. It makes, oh, how vulnerable. Go call your husband. I don't have a husband. You're right. You've had five and the dude you're living with now, he ain't yours. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, right? Like, talk about pushing some buttons here. Very sensitive. And how does she respond? Well, she she's just like, like oh. oh, you must be a prophet. Oh, she's like, hey, I can see you're a prophet. In other words, you're right. Yeah. Oh, you hit the button. You hit the sore spot. Now let me. Yeah, she changes the topic. And let's change the subject. She's like, now, now how real is that? Oh, so relatable. Right? Somebody comes in and asks you a pointed question about an issue in your life, and the first thing that we do is let's shift gears. Let's talk about the weather. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about how you're doing, right? Yep. And Jesus cuts through the nonsense mm. because he's trying to reach to this woman's real issues, yeah. and he identifies them. And, you know, it's so easy for us to experience this, right? When something or someone points out to us the wounds in our mm. life. It's not easy. It's not easy. They're, they're poking around. It's like when you go to the doctor and they're trying to find the sore spot on your leg and they push here. Does that hurt? No. 
Oh, does that hurt? No. Oh, what about here? Oh, no. And then, oh, my leg. Oh, the pain. They hit the spot that actually needs attention. Yeah. And this is what Jesus is doing here. He comes into this space and he calls her out. And he doesn't call her out for a negative purpose. Mm. He's drawing her attention to her need. Because think about this. I don't think that she was a widow five times. I doubt it. I doubt it. Now let's start piecing together some of the puzzle pieces. This might be one of the reasons why she's on her own. That could very well be. Think about this. Yeah. You're living in a rural society. Now I used to live, I I lived in the Marshall Islands for a time earlier in my life. And I remember that in in a tribal society, in a smaller society, everybody knows everybody else's business, right? Yeah. Like we think it's bad in the West with our, our Facebook, but you get into a small rural community Everyone and all of a sudden everything. you can't sneeze without everybody knowing that you sneeze. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you've got this situation here where this is a woman who is looked down upon by other women because this woman has had five husbands. Wow. And not only has she had five different husbands, let's ask the question. You're in a small town. Where do you think she got those husbands from? That town. That town, right? And who were the other husbands? Were they not perhaps someone else's husband before that? Maybe. And now she's living in a situation where she's with a man who's not her husband. So here's the question. Is that man someone else's husband? Mm. What's going on? Is You see the There's picture that's the going picture. on. Yeah. Now let's dig a little deeper. If you're jumping from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship to try and fix your problems... Sometimes we have to look at ourselves in the mirror and take a real serious question and ask, am I running around to run away from these people or am I running to run away from me? Yeah. And here's a woman who's got shame in her Mm. life. Why is she coming in the heat of the day away from all the other women? Probably because she's no longer accepted by the other women. She's got shame. She's ostracized. She's lonely. She's segregated. And so she comes to get her water at a time that puts her at risk because it's the only time that she can go where she's not ostracized and put down and ignored. Mm. Here's a woman who's got real hurt in her life. How often in our lives do we go and chase to fill the void from the hurts in our life to whatever your drug of choice is. It might be a substance. It might be relationships. It might be pornography. It might be be things like food or career Mm. or success or sex or power. We all chase something to fill the void. We do. And this is what this woman has been doing. And her particular issue, her drug of choice, is relationships. Mm. She's been trying to find her value and her purpose being fulfilled and confirmed by men. Mm. And it's so easy to think and point the finger and think that's someone else's issue. But guess what? That's my issue. That's your issue. It's everyone's issue. The question is, what's the drug of choice? Yeah. What is it that you're going to to find your value and your identity that is not being fulfilled because you can only find that in God? Absolutely. And so Jesus is addressing the real issues. He's going to the heart of the matter. And he's poking around because he wants her to see because sometimes we need to be waking up from our stupor. To understand what's really going on because we mask it. It's like a splinter that festers and if you let it sit deep, it closes up and then it just gets infected. And what actually has to happen is you have to open the wound back up and get the splinter out before it it can heal. It hurts, but it can then heal. That's right. And Mm -hmm. so this has just happened, right? Here's this woman and she's starting to realize Jesus is something more than what I thought. Mm. And Jesus has made a promise. You know, it's interesting. He called himself 
the one who was going to bring living water. Did you know that in the Old Testament, in Jeremiah 2.13, 17.13, in Isaiah, I forget what chapter, you've got these statements where God says, I am the fountain of mm. living waters or springs of water that flow up that don't run out. So he's actually using Old Testament terminology, terminology. to so explain himself. could be a passage that, is, like this terminology that he's using. That's right. could be sparking something that she's heard before. Now think about this. He's saying that you're looking for water. Yes. You're thirsty. You're looking for something to fill the void, to answer the questions. She thinks that he's talking about something else, but he says, look, that's not going to fill you. The water's not going to work. The men aren't going to work. work. What you need is me. Me. Yeah. I am the source of living water, and I will transform your life and make you so you are no longer thirsty and mm. searching for wells that will never fill you. Yeah. This is so profound and so powerful. And the woman says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold Back up. up, bro. Hold up. You Hold just up. touched an, a, a touchy area. So let's shift gears and let's talk about a Something religious else. question of the day. And how often is this the case? We bring up the concept, the questions of real matter and importance in our lives, and we shift to the political sphere. We shift anything to the controversial religious topic. Anything to avoid the issue of addressing the issue. Absolutely. Very relatable. And Jesus doesn't stop there. Check out how he responds. Now, he doesn't blow her off, but he responds in a very interesting way. Let's keep reading. Okay, verse 21 of John 4. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know that we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming... And now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And verse 26, and Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am Boom. he. Mic drop, right? Yeah. Now, if that didn't make sense to you, this mic drop's going to make a lot of sense in a moment. Okay, let's break some things down because this is so incredibly powerful. This is one of mm. the most profound passages in the New Testament. I love this passage. She raises a, a, a cultural controversy. Hey, hey, you, you guys say that we should be worshiping in the temple in Jerusalem, right? But we yep. worship here on this mountain. What's what's the go? I mean, you're a prophet. You speak to God. You should be able to tell me and She's answer this. She's trying to cause controversy between them. That's right. Let mm. me just raise the most controversial topic yep. to get off the point of the issue. And let me tell you, as a working in ministry, this is what people do all the time. You get close to the issue, and instead of instead of opening up, we so often, and myself included, so often, we try and just throw the latest religious controversy to throw us off the scent because we're so afraid of dealing with our own shame and experiencing forgiveness. Check this out. He says, look, it ain't about that mountain and this temple. The time's coming when that's not even going to matter anymore. He says, you worship what you don't know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Now, in the Greek, it's not just salvation. It's the salvation. The salvation. Singular. The only way of salvation. I love this because he says, look, we understand what we're doing here because salvation, the salvation is of the Jews. In other words, he's saying, I am the fulfillment of the only mm. way to salvation. It comes through me. Yep. Everybody who's ever been saved has been saved by Jesus. Everybody who ever will be saved will be saved by Jesus. Absolutely. 
He's the one who's doing the work through all cultures, through all times, and mm-hmm. all history. It's Jesus. And he says, look, the hour is coming, and now is when true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. And the, the Samaritans were people who were worshiping in spirit, but they didn't have the truth. And the Full Jews truth. were worshiping in truth, but they weren't worshiping with the spirit. And he says the time is coming when both of those things need to meet. Good intentions and real life practice must meet. Let's take a break here. This is Jaden Lavick, Wondrous Love. What a wondrous love is this, oh my soul, oh my soul. What wondrous love is this, oh my soul. What a wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss. To bear the dreadful curse for my soul To bear the dreadful curse for my soul What a wondrous love
All right, welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and Katie. You're listening to Faith FM. Now, just a reminder that if you have some questions or you'd like to text in some comments or some feedback, you can call in at 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or you can text us at 0491-064-669. So we're talking about Jesus' conversation with the woman at the well, and we've just come towards the end of the conversation. And Jesus identifies this statement, and he says, God is now looking for those who will worship the Father or worship God in spirit Spirit and and truth. truth. And I love this because I was thinking about this earlier today, actually. Sometimes we talk about how, you know, as long as the motivation is right, then it's okay. Mm. Right? And then sometimes we talk about, well, as long as the actions are right, then it's okay. And, And what we see in Scripture is that the Jews in the New Testament recordings were just notorious for trying to do the right things for the wrong reasons. Mm. And what we see the Samaritans doing here is they're trying to do things for the the right right reasons, reasons. but they're doing them in the wrong Wrong way, way. right? So what they were actually doing historically is they had mixed in this, the true Mm. religion of God, the the truth about who God was, and they'd mixed in other pagan religions. And so they had this missed, this mismatch, mismatch, excuse me, of of beliefs. Mm. And in fact, let me just clarify this. This was so bad that some of the people were involved in child sacrifice. Wow. And yes. associating that with the worship of the true God. Which is not like this correct is, at all. It's absolutely horrific. God says the thought never even entered into my mind, right? Mm-hmm. That you would do such a thing. And so the challenge that we see here is that God says both things actually matter. Yes. That you have the right intentions Intention. and that you're learning the right things. The truth. We want to do things in truthfulness and we want to do them with the right motivation. It's not good enough to just know the right things. We need to actually surrender our hearts to God. And it's not enough to just surrender our emotions and our feelings, but to actually ask God to bring our life into conformity with his character so that our lives begin to look like Jesus' life in the way that we Mm. live towards others and towards God. It's a powerful, powerful point. Sorry, I feel like I just did a big old soapbox rant. I just got excited. It's good. But it's so, so, so meaningful to me back to this woman though that's right let's get back to the woman so let's keep reading on here so oh sorry not not keep reading we need to just make another point here so the woman had said okay wow right and then she says oh wistfully thinking about the future i know Mm -hmm. that messiah is coming i know that i know that god promised that the messiah would come and he'll be the one to tell us and when he arrives in the undetermined future he'll make all things known and then jesus does the mic drop it's me all right now check this out that's right now what he says is powerful here and it's more powerful than we get at first glance he says i who speak to you am he Mm -hmm. and that reads off the paper like the driest thing you've ever heard oh yeah that i'm that guy yeah no 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 what he says in the original language in the greek is he says ego amy which means what does that mean i am the I am. It doesn't, he doesn't say I am he. That's an, that's an English translation, so mm-hmm. it makes sense grammatically. What he's saying is I am. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a very powerful statement because in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, With Moses, God spoke to Moses in the burning bush. That's, that's right. exactly right. And Moses says, hey, what, what shall I tell them? Who's, who's the guy who sent me? Who's this God who mm. sent me? When they ask, what am I supposed to say? And God says, tell them that I am sent you. In other words, it's, it's like saying the ever-existent one, the one who is, the one who was, the one who will be. Yeah. He's saying, I am existence itself, essentially. I am. He says, 
I am speaking to you. I am the one speaking to you. She makes this statement. She said, Jesus, are you, are you greater than Jacob, our father? And, and he, he says, is. exactly. Yeah. He says, I'm the God of Jacob, your father. That's right. That's he says, right. you don't know it. But salvation, the salvation that's coming is coming from me, and I've got it to offer you, you. right now. You don't need a bucket, woman. You me, don't need me. men to fulfill your identity. You don't need relationships to be the defining factor in your life. You don't need that to escape. You can actually come to me and find fulfillment and find value and find identity and find eternity because yeah. that's what I'm offering you, salvation. Salvation. holistic salvation for your How life. How does she respond to this? I want to hear. I'll oh, read, so good. Read. So good. So let's keep reading. Okay. So from verse 27, we're reading of John chapter four. And let's just read through to verse 30. Okay. And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he spoke to a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking to her? And the woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, come and see a man who told me all the things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out and said out of, out of the city and they came to him. Okay. All right. Let's pause for a moment. So what did she do? She essentially goes back to the men of the city. Not All right, to before the, that, before that, let's oh, let's she, jump back. That's a great point. But she what's drops the first, her water pot. She drops her water pot yeah. and runs. Mm. Do you get the significance the, of that? That the, is so huge. The very she, thing she went there for or took with her is actually the thing she leaves behind. It doesn't have the significance or the worth that it did before. That's exactly right. Look, every day, Jesus... Every day I come out here at the middle of the day with this water pot to get water for myself and, and my illegitimate husband, dry. and I'm thirsty every day. Mm. And every day, this is the symbol of what's going on in my life and how I haven't found my value. It's not been fulfilled by these men. Mm. How the story has been repeated again and again and again in my life. How the drug of choice, the thing I've looked to for value and purpose has let me down over and over and over again. This is the reminder. This is the tool to fulfill my thirst. And when she is revealed to Jesus, when Jesus is revealed to her, mm. and he says, I am. Am. Yeah. And he's given her an experience to know that it's true. Yeah. She drops the water pot, water pot and she runs back to the city. And the first thing that she does. Yeah, she goes and sh she shares it with the men of the city. She starts Could telling this everybody. Be the Christ? He knows everything about me. Hold on a second. Let me tell everybody what's going on. I just had the most radical experience of my life. Somebody understood. Is this the one we've been waiting for? Is this the fulfillment that we've been expecting? Mm -hmm. It's fascinating because I love how she reacts because she doesn't keep this to herself. She's had an experience and she goes to share it with other people. I love it. I love it's it. Beautiful. It's so good. It's so good. For sake of time, we might just summarize this next little part because the next part is, is kind of this interaction that goes on between the disciples and Jesus. And basically, right, like you, so Jesus is there, the woman runs off, the disciples show up and they're like, what in the world's going on here? But nobody has the gall to ask. They're yeah. like, they're just shocked, gobsmacked, like, what's going on room. here? He's talking to this lady, what's going on? And then she runs off. And then they're like, hey, teacher, eat. Hey, we got you some food. And then he's like, ah, I have food to eat that you don't know about. 
They're like, but we uh, have you already eaten? Or? We we just went into town to buy you food. Literally, that's why we went in. And uh, now we're back, and you say you got food. Did some? Did you get food from somewhere else? Mm. And what's his response? He's like, hey, uh, I've got food that you don't know about. And then he says, the food that is that is filling me is that I'm doing the work that God sent me to do. The work of His Father. I'm working for the salvation of people. Mm. And this woman just got it. It just clicked. Yeah, she gets it, and she's gone now to start doing the very thing that happens naturally when you have a real encounter with Jesus, and, and that's that you start to share it exactly. I like this because we read Jesus said that if you drink of the water I will give you, you'll become a fountain, a spring of water, a fountain, a spring. It it overflows. It mm. doesn't just you don't keep it for yourself. And she's doing that very thing. She's overflowing. She's sharing oh, so her good. encounter. That she has had. So oh, she's so fulfilling profound. that very promise that Jesus told her would, she would experience if she drank from him. That's exactly right. And she gets it. And it's just so mind-blowing because the disciples don't. Yeah. The disciples just went into town and did not declare Jesus to them. Yeah. They had experiences with Jesus. Why weren't the people coming back with them? Yeah. Because they didn't tell them, clearly. And he goes on to say this powerful thing. He goes on to say that, hey, look. You get it. Like you guys live in a farming culture. You know when the harvest is near. You can tell when the wheat is ripe. You can tell when it's getting ready for harvest. And he says, but you look around and you don't get that the real harvest, the harvest of people and their salvation through Christ alone, they're ready. They're the ready. harvest is plentiful, he says, but there ain't a lot of people working in it. Yeah. And what a call that is to all of us who profess to be mm. followers of Jesus. It is not the job of just a pastor to bring people to Jesus. It is not the job of just the church leaders or the volunteers. No. It's actually the job, the role All of people. every person who's had an encounter with Christ. And this woman gets it. She's got no training. She's very similar to the man that we read about last That's week right. who was possessed by demons but rescued by Jesus and healed. So let's bring this back a little bit later. We're gonna come into a song now. This is Carly Fletcher, Teach Us to Number Our Days.
Are you here or 
Listening to Faith FM Radio, and you're here with Robbie and Katie on Real Faith. Here we are. And uh, if you've got questions or comments and you'd like to call in, just remember you can do that at 1 800 324 843. That's 1 800 Faith FM. Or you can text in at 0491 064 669. That's 0491 064 669. Or jump onto our Facebook page, that's Faith FM Australia, and you can send us a message. With a question. Awesome. So we're going to finish up the last bit of the story here before we go to our question of the day. And uh, could you read that for us, Katie? Okay. Are we reading from... Verse 39. Verse 39. Here we go. This is John chapter 4, verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him, that's speaking of Jesus, because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days and many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not only because of what you said, for we ourselves have now heard him and we know that he that this is indeed the Christ, the savior of the world. Oh, so beautiful. So powerful. No wonder Jesus had to go through Samaria, right? That's right. Isn't that interesting? So Jesus said he needed to go through Samaria. Why? For these people. Because God cares about every lost person. And guess what? That's everybody who's been born until God comes into our lives. It wasn't just the Jews he cared about. He cared about everyone. That's right. And you know what's amazing in this passage is that they say right there at the end, they get it. Yeah. They totally get it. They say, hey, look, at first we believed because you said it and we heard your story. Of the woman. And your story convinced us that that we needed to explore this for ourselves. Mm. And isn't that such a profound and beautiful thing. Like last week we talked about the demoniac, the man who was possessed by demons in Mark 5 in the area of uh, the Gergesenes in the Decapolis, and he went and shared his story. Yes. And when Jesus came back, there was a multitude of people waiting for Jesus. But that wasn't enough. They, I love that, yes, that drew them to Christ, but what kept them there was the words from him himself. Isn't that so profound? And that's so true with our own experience. We can be touched by those stories of other people. We can be touched by their experiences. But to sustain a relationship with Christ, we need to have it ourselves. We need to be studying the word of God, interacting with him ourselves. It's so powerful. The God of the universe, the maker of all things, the all biggest things. thing that you can think of is not even comparable to who he is. Mm. And we are so small, and yet he sees us as just so incredibly important and unique and irreplaceable. And his desire is to know you personally. Yeah. To be in a personal relationship with you. Isn't that just so astounding? Mm. And so they come and they hear the words of Jesus, and they say to the woman, well, look, we first, we believed because of you, but now 
Now we believe because we've we've experienced him for ourselves. Beautiful. And then they get it. They say what exactly they believed him to be right in there in that last verse. And they said, we know. Yes. Not just we believe, we know. We Mm. have full belief, full confidence. We know that this is indeed the Christ or the Messiah, the Savior of not just the Jews, not just the Samaritans, Mm. the Savior of the world. The world. And that salvation is on offer to you, my friend. It is on offer to me. It is on offer to all who are willing to seek it. And Jesus has that offer extended to you because he doesn't just want to give you someone else's story. He wants you to have a personal encounter with him today. Do you have an encounter with Jesus? Mm. Do you have a personal experience with Jesus? Because that's what he's after and he's willing. He's so willing. Absolutely. And so... Two things I just want to say while they're on my head, because I believe that God is just, the Holy Spirit's speaking, man. And I really believe that if if you are in a place where you're saying, I want to have an encounter with the real Jesus, and you want to know more, I just encourage you to contact us through our Facebook page, contact us through Faith FM's website, and just ask for some resources. We can put you in touch with some people in some local churches around you all over Australia. We can put someone in touch with you to come and share with you about this Jesus. Absolutely. We can get you access to some resources, some books, or some some scripture. We can get you in touch with this Jesus. And if if you're in that place, I just challenge you. Just invite Jesus right now. Say a prayer to God. It doesn't have to be mm. big, fancy, religious words. God hears your heart. Pray to God and ask him to come into your life, and I guarantee you he will show up. Absolutely. So it's come time for the question of the day. Question of the day. What is it? We've got it? I've got it. Okay. So the question of the day is who and what are the Samaritans? So we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but what makes them different from the Jews? All right. So the Samaritans, as Katie alluded to earlier in the in the show, were a group of people that had originally been of Jewish descent. Yes. And the tribe, the nation of Israel, I should say, was split into two groups. There was a smaller group that became Judah, and there was a larger group that was called Israel. Mm. And through a process of time, Israel, that other group, which consisted of 10 of the 12 tribes, began to slowly walk away from the purity of the faith that they had had in God. And they started to invite well, that's not the right word. They started to make idols yes. and to bring in and adopt pagan, pagan beliefs that were not true of God and bring them in. Mm. They brought idols into their places of worship. They created their own mm. temple. Um, and if we turn, if you've got a Bible, you can turn to Second Kings chapter seventeen. And through that 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 period, something happened where the nation of Assyria actually came and took over Israel and took the people out, depopulated Samaria. And brought in a lot of foreign people who had different beliefs, who then even further adopted in these pagan rituals into the belief system of the people. And they started to mix true things about God with false beliefs about God, okay. and that impacted their worship. So have you got Second Kings chapter 17 there? Yes, I do. So could you read for us verse 24, and I'll just tell you when to stop. Okay, so verse 24. Then the king of Assyria brought... People from Babylon. And don't worry about these names. They just, nobody knows how they're actually pronounced. Just okay, say it with confidence. Okay, I'm going to say it. Kutha, Ava, Hamath, and Sepharavim, 
and placed them in the cities of Samaria instead of the children of Israel. And they took possession of Samaria and dwelt in this in its cities. Awesome. And then it says that there was a plague. That's not right, the right word, but there was an attack of lions that took place. And so they came and they said, look, the people aren't following mm. the God of, of the land. And so now lions have come in and God has done this is what they mm. say. And so... The, the leader of Assyria, the king of Assyria, says, send them back one priest, one religious leader, and he goes back and starts to teach them about the teachings the of the real God. God. But this blending starts to take place, so they've got the priest teaching the truth about God. But they've also got this these other people coming from Assyria who are mixed in with their own pagan beliefs. That's right, and if you go down further, it says in verse 32, so they feared the Lord, and from every class they appointed for themselves priests of the high places who sacrificed for them in the shrines of the high places. They feared the Lord, yet served their own gods according to the rituals of the nations from among them whom they were carried away from. And so you have the, mm. what, what's really going on with the Samaritans is you've got a group of people that have, have mixed in truth with untruth. And so they have this, this mixing, this intermingling mm. of things that are true about God and things that are not true. Okay. And it's interesting because that really, it really deforms the picture that they had of God. Yeah. Because you can't be worshiping who God truly is and still sacrificing children. That's true. As an offering, right? Like these, these two things are incompatible. Mm -hmm. And so this is the kind of stuff that was going on. And so these, this is kind of the abbreviated history of the Samaritans. So the Jews and the Samaritans disagreed because of these, these issues. Which gives us so much more context for the story we just read and why the Jews didn't want to interact with the Samaritans, but how beautiful that God was there and came for them as well. That's it. So I want to just do a little quick wrap-up of some of the points that we've got going on from the story today because we've covered a lot. So let me just highlight some points. First of all, Katie, are there any points that stuck out to you from this story that you just to take away? Absolutely. I just love that. I think it's very relatable. We all are seeking to be fulfilled and satisfied in our lives. And like this woman, the only place we can truly find that is in Jesus. And we see she experiences that. So I just love that. That's so relatable. And the great thing is we can actually go share it with other people. We see her do that as well. That's right. I love that too. I love, I, I love that in this story, because I find this so relatable to my life. Mm. I have spent so much of my life, and I'm so tempted so often to still go down the path of chasing things that are not going to fulfill. Yeah. Some of those things are not even necessarily bad things. Sometimes we chase things that are good for us, and we keep them in the wrong place. We put them in the place of God Which in our life. Which is not the right place. And when we do that, we miss out from mm. the fulfillment that God alone can bring. Yeah. And so I love that Jesus here says, hey, those things will not fulfill the hole and the void in your life, but I have the solution. The solution is me. Yeah. And you can come to me right now, and the call to us is to do what the woman did and to drop the water pot, drop the thing, mm. the tool that you're using, and go declare what Jesus can do in your life and what Jesus has done in your life yeah. and what Jesus can do in the lives of others. This is Anthem Lights, Because He Lives, mixed with My Redeemer Lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know my Redeemer lives. I know. 
Welcome back to Faith FM. This is Real Faith with Robbie and Katie, and we're yes. coming to the close of our radio show today. We are. It's been a bit of a whirlwind, um, but it's just been such a powerful story. Beautiful story. And I just think it would be a good time to, to, to just go back to what we've, we've heard from today. So we started off today with an amazing story of a young woman mm. whose life has been transformed and is continuing to be transformed by Jesus. And we just are so grateful that we have Maddie in our local church, and it's just yes. been such a blessing to be able to witness this happening in her life. And isn't her story just so connected to the story of the woman at the well? Mm. You know, we all have things that we're chasing to try and fill the emptiness. Yeah. We all have things that we're chasing to try and fill the hurt, but Jesus has the solution. He does. Our identity does. will not be found in those things, but our identity can be fully found and fully redeemed in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that's available to every person who desires to seek it. He's got it for you, and he can do it right now. And so we just want to continue to encourage you that if you want to make that decision right now, wherever you are, say a prayer and just invite Jesus to change that in your heart, to invite him in to be the one who will fill your identity, give you the value that others have let you down in because and the truth is that everybody that we've looked to and everything we've sought for our value and our identity is imperfect. It's true. And it just cannot fulfill what God alone can fill. Mm. So if you want to do that again, we just encourage you, ask God to come into your life right now. Say a prayer, a quick prayer, and just ask Jesus to come in and to start working in your heart. And if you are a person who's been on that journey for a long time and you might think that's not relevant to you, have a think, because it might just be, because our testimony, our experience with Jesus is not just one encounter, but it's a series of encounters that goes on for the rest of our lives. And maybe we're even being called to share it like Maddie did today, or like the Samaritan woman who went and shared their story with others so that they too can have an encounter with That's Jesus. That's exactly right. And so this woman took her, 
her faith and it became a real faith. And she went and that worked out into her real mm-hmm. life. So if you'd like some resources, if you'd like to be connected to a community that will love and surround you, or you'd like some resources to help you learn about this Jesus that we're encountering here in Scripture, just encourage you to go on to the Faith FM Facebook page, Faith FM Australia. Just go on there and, and send us a message, and we can put you in touch with some people or some resources to help you on that journey. And as we wrap up our time, we just want to... Just thank you guys for coming along. It's been a real blast. It's been, been a real fun. blessing. I've loved it. And um, man, we're just coming into the close of the day. We pray that you will be blessed. We hope yes. that you have had a great time. We'll catch you next time on Real Faith. Remember that real faith is lived faith. And go out into the world and take that with you. Real faith is lived faith. God bless you. <laughs>